The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello and welcome to the HBO Boys podcast. Today we are talking about The Bear, season two, in its entirety, we've decided, because we watched it all. at the be- Before, we were talking just about the first episode, because it, at the time was all I had watched, and I just didn't know when I was going to watch more. Turns out, that night, I watched the rest of it. In fact, I, <laughs> I fell asleep during the last, uh, when I woke up, Sam was like, yeah, I got, uh, I watched all of it. It's all. Oh, she I watched, watched it. it without you. Well, I fell asleep and she can stay up into the nether regions of the night. Yeah. Uh, so I then had to go back because I <laughs> missed like the last four episodes. Uh, but I have now watched all of them. Love that. And I think I'm ready to say that this this year, uh, it I think the best show so far has been Succession. I think it uh, for writing, acting, and directing, all of those together. I think Succession is just objectively the best show on television uh, as it comes to an end at the end of its fourth season. Sure. But there's a feeling I get from watching The Bear that I don't get from anything else on TV, mm. uh, and it does it to such an degree that I don't think I've ever gotten it from another piece of media where as I'm watching Succession, I feel in my bones, this is so stupidly good. It doesn't <laughs> I, it, it deserves to be this good and it is it is this good. Sure. But I cannot put myself, I, I'm not learning lessons. I'm not uh, I don't come to the end of an episode of Succession and think that I should be a better person. The bear does that to me mm. where I watch and I look at the sign that says every second counts and I watch a a family who's in shambles but has a lot of talented people. Uh, I've talked in the past about uh, some of my, an attribute of some of my favorite movies and television shows are competency porn. I can't even say the, the words but just people being good at their jobs. I've always enjoyed uh, watching uh, media with that within it, especially when their personal demons are actively trying to make them bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this show is the epitome of that. The second season is superb. And uh, I hope you've watched it because I'm going to talk about it with Adam in detail here coming up. Yeah, you know, this this show came out of nowhere for me. I was told, hey, you got to watch this. You got to watch watches it by you. Hey, I watched the bear. It's really good. It's wild. It'll give you anxiety, but you should watch it. And um, I'm so happy that I did. And, you know, this show has taken the internet by storm. Everyone's raving about it, talking about it, how, you know, all these um, hopeful Emmy nods that they're going to get potentially a win. I think there's a, definitely some winner uh, performances there. Although, you know, like you said, succession will probably well, take they're that. in the comedy category. Oddly oh, yeah, enough. they're in a different. That's right. They're in a different category. Hey, Adam, I don't 
don't think this show is a comedy, though. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> I've never been more anxious watching a show in my life. In right. fact, our good pal JR, I tried to get him to watch it, and he can't because he's like, I'm just trying to vibe and chill, and yeah, this right. ain't it. And, this I, ain't and it. I I totally get that. Uh, but also, you're wrong. You have to watch it. Why? Stop. Yeah, it, it's worth the um, kind of edgier seat anxiety it gives you because it does resolve itself eventually. And uh, it just takes a little bit to get there, but it does it. And it does it Except so wonderfully. Except not really, Adam, though. No, because it kind like, of does. Not really, though, because the second season after uh, ends in a moment of pure anxiety. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> just like freebasing anxiety. Well, you know what? 20 minutes before the end of the episode, it's uh, it's getting there. <laughs> Yeah, it's no. It's like edging you to anxiety. Ooh. Ooh. That's fun. Uh, yeah. That's it's, fun. It's such a good show. And uh, it's so well written. The characters, actually, I care about them. I want them to succeed. I, I hate the characters you're supposed to hate. I love the characters you're supposed to love. And it is the, the development that we see in all these characters throughout the entire show is astronomically higher than I thought it could be for someone talking about opening a restaurant run you know it's just um yeah hats off to this show it is unbelievably good yeah the character development of fac even played by maddie yes. matheson yes like you care about him at the end you want Absolutely. him to do well yeah and he's like he's billed seventh or eighth on this abby elliott's uh sugar brazado mm. uh is like her uh up and down relationship with her mother which is brilliantly played by james Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis. And who, it's brutal, dude. It is brutal. She needs to win something. Jamie Lee Curtis as their mother needs to win. I don't know what it is, but mm. my God, is she like every moment she's on screen is like um, na like nails on a chalkboard in the best yeah. way. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, uh, the actress who plays Sydney, she's going to be in everything. She's, yeah, she's a really good dang star. There was a couple times, though, I will admit that I thought it was a little over the top. But overall, I think she's excellent. I, I think oh, she ended up being excellent. There were a, a few times the second season felt over the top. I mean, yeah. they, they really ran up against the wall here. The amount of cameos oh, they had God. in the second season almost felt too much. Uh, if if the Christmas slash family episode wasn't as insane Ooh. and as like heart wrenching as it was, the moment John Mulaney came on screen, I'd be like, well, "What the fuck is John Mulaney doing here, dude?" <laughs> yeah, not only John Mulaney, freaking. Uh, well, I mean, he was more in the first season, but Joel McHale had an had a cameo in this. Bob um, Odenkirk, Molly Ringwald, Will Poulter. Uh, you know, yeah, John Mulaney. I can't Olivia Coleman? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sarah Paulson. Like, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable amount of cameos. And the thing is, is that they didn't hype it at all. No. Like, it, these people weren't cameos, like, to an extreme degree. They were playing normal people, and it, was, it wasn't over the top. They didn't get too much screen time. It was perfect. I think they did it really well. Uh, Lionel Boyce playing Marcus when he has a good night in the last episode, but then it pans down to his phone and... And you get the oh. sense that his mother has passed.
test and uh, that he wasn't there for it because he was working, uh, uh, especially after seeing him go to Copenhagen and then be with Will Poulter, who was so good. Oh, my God. He was fantastic. He was so, their, so fantastic. Their conversation they had in uh, that episode felt so natural. Yeah, it really like did. it was. It felt like the least written conversation. It definitely was written like they weren't improving that, no. but it, it just felt so, so natural. And uh, and then you get to the two main characters, I'll call them. Let me talk about the one who I think is less interesting first, but it's not a, a it's not a hit to him. It's just the fact that anyway, Carmi. So <laughs> he's he's less interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's the competency porn in this show. Sure. He yeah. is the he's being billed as the best cook in the world, which is crazy. One thing. Right. And you get more and more background over the season to how he got there and the amount of work that he put in and Will Poultier's character saying like, yeah, I thought I was going to be the best until I met someone who I was like, oh yeah, no, he's the best. Yeah. And then you get in a later episode, Richie's episode, um, the the idea that who he was talking about was obviously Carmi. And Carmi is a great character. It's, it's the perfect encapsulation of he is the best in the world at something and he's constantly trying to self-sabotage himself uh, against his will almost yeah and it's really sad it, it's it's sad that you know we we learn of his you know n- un- unneeding ability to have a relationship he does not care about people in his life he only cares about his craft and I, there was one um episode uh, i think it was actually the final episode where he's like I, you know i don't people just get in the way of what i'm good at and people get in the way of what i want to do and complete and be the best and i just can't have that and i don't want that i don't want relationships relationships i don't want people there yeah. unless i need them there yeah but to be fair he was locked in a fridge and that was his he fault. was locked in a fridge but i don't think it's wrong man no <laughs> he fell no. apart when his the girl came in i know i like i i think it actually it brings up an interesting topic which mm-hmm. is do you need to be singular do you need to be uh just cut off people's heads around you and trample over them to get to your goals to reach said goals i think it's a very masculine way to go about things I think it's a very like uh, misogynistic and sure. uh, it's it's dudes being dicks, but also <laughs> turns out they're very good at cooking is them being that good at cooking make it okay for them to treat everyone around them poorly. I don't know. How is that crepe? Yeah, it's pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah, the cre- turns out the crepe is so good. You can be mean to me. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a personality thing. I, you know, I'm sure in reality, there are people like this. I'm a hundred percent sure, but, oh, yeah. uh, but there's also people who can juggle both things and still be exceptional at something, but maybe not quite as exceptional as he is. Yeah. I think it's an interesting trope that is both a trope and sometimes reality, which is this idea that you have to be completely myopic to succeed. Uh, and the, uh, like the false correlation of, of, hey, when I only focus on this one thing, I tend to be very good at it. And I just don't mm. know another way. 
Yeah, it's like the only thing they know. Right. It's the only way they've ever succeeded. And then they try to add other things into that mix. And yeah, it's going to be different. You have to adapt to a new situation. Turns out, like, the people who are maybe the best chefs in the world, adapting isn't... Like, adapting uh, with your knives and with the burners in the kitchen is one thing, but adapting to change in your in your real life, in your mm. personal relationships is... Mm-hmm perhaps much harder, uh, especially when being so good at this, like I think of it like uh, like an NBA player, right? Like they were grinding their entire lives. Like if you are going to be in the NBA, you are in the gym two to three times a day, every day. Mm. You do not take days off because days you take off, somebody else isn't. And like when you get there, you're going to have to have more endurance than them and be better than them. And then also at the same time, it brings in the idea of like, okay, but what balance of work, time put in, and talent needs to be there. Just natural, you were born to do this, it comes to you easily, and how hard do you have to work to be better than someone who's just naturally good at this? Because I think Carmi is a good example of, I don't think he was naturally born to be the best chef on earth. No, he absolutely learned it. I mean, they showed the flashback of him in New York City, working under the other chef, which was Joel McHale. Yes. Um, he he was collapsing and being berated and he clearly wasn't as good then and um yeah he definitely learned learned trade for sure and then uh, also john barenthal back Ooh. in the uh seven fishes slash christmas episode mm-hmm. uh always a force when he's on screen no matter uh what he is taking down when he's throwing forks at bob odenkirk Ooh. i was like oh my dude so this, uh, cringy just, and awkward <laughs> I, I know like and the the emotional meltdowns of this show usually don't feel like secondhand embarrassment. Mm. They just feel like, oh, no, these these angry people are getting angry at each other again. <laughs> <laughs> that moment in that episode was oh, not man. that. Yeah, that, that was, was tough. T- Those were just some alphas being <laughs> alphas, you know? Can't have two alphas. Can't have two alphas. Everyone knows that, okay? In the world of wolves <laughs> and chefs. <laughs> you, you know, you mentioned John Bernthal being like this very aggressive um, force uh, in anything he does. You know, I, I think of uh, the first season of The Walking Dead, which we've brought up a yeah. bunch of times. He played Rick's very best good. friend. It, it what is, are you going to do? It is. He played Rick's best friend and uh, he was very intense, uh, very intense in that show towards the end of his run there. And uh, he had the same intensity here. I felt I was like, oh, man, this is why he's so good. And he was in The Punisher and he does similar things. And he's just uh, again, I think he's an underrated actor. I think he deserves more. <laughs> I thought I think he should have been in this show more. I know it obviously was in the future. Mm, he's I'm sort of glad he's not. I, I think he's a uh, a driving force in the background. Carmi is obviously thinking of him a lot. Sure. And the idea that they'll all never know exactly what was happening in his head right before yeah. he killed himself, I yeah. think, is something that the characters are never, ever going to get over and uh, is important for their journeys into wherever they go. I think one of the only weak sides of the second season was they had a uh, like a B or a C story with Ibrahim and Tina that sort of just ended and then they were back in and were less used as yep. the season went on. Yep. I understand though you have to like the time in which their story would have kept 
going, especially Tina's, as she rises through the ranks. Uh, you are filling with sugar stories. You're filling with mm. Marcus stories. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an entire episode where Marcus is in Copenhagen, which is a great episode. And maybe you don't get it if Tina is in season two more. I do hope, though, in future seasons, we get a lot more Tina because she and her actress, uh, Liza Colon Zayas, is so, so good. And I'm rooting for her so much. But I know someone's going to hurt her. And I, I and that moment's going to be heart wrenching. And it's some it's going to happen at some point. And just being on this treadmill waiting for it to happen, <laughs> it hurts me. <laughs> it hurts me. Not only my glutes, it hurts my soul. <laughs> and thighs. You know, you, you say uh, bringing up um, people who were used. It was like a C storyline and then it kind of fell off. I got a little bit of that with um, Sydney and Marcus's stories. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're immediately at the end, like fighting for some reason. But, you know, a couple of maybe one or two episodes earlier, they were very infatuated with each other. You know, yeah, I, I, I want to know what happened there, but they didn't give us that. No, I, I think it was a byproduct of Sydney's uh, anxiety, social anxiety sure. and, yeah. and Marcus not really. And he's off kilter as well with his family mm. situation. Mm-hmm. It was just and they were in a pressure cooker, literally and figuratively. <laughs> Yeah, right. One where it is clear that like if you don't keep a level head uh, or if you don't get yelled at and have the um, the wherewithal to be like, yes, chef, and not be like, how about you F yourself? Then <laughs> it, it, then things can go wrong very quickly. Uh, and at the same time, like Oliver Platt's Uncle Jimmy, I'm glad that he was there at the end, too. He's less yep. of a driving force. He's just sort of there. He's the money man. Uh, I love Oliver Platt to death. I think he's great in every role he ever does and him falling off a little bit i i I didn't all of the falling off i'm slightly complaining about but at the same time i'm glad it happened Mm. because they i think in the second season really came to understand who the true breakout star of this show is and they really focused on him and that is richie yes i was gonna say let we need to talk richie uh cousin cousin wonderful oh his arc uh is just beautiful to watch his episode oh the forks episode i just kept waiting for something to go terribly wrong no i didn't want it i I, no no when he he put that tray when he put the tray of the deep dish stuff behind his back i was like oh that's falling yeah yes i so did i but i was like no don't fall (laughs) when he's driving quickly uh, singing taylor swift i was like oh he's gonna run into something and die oh god like he's getting arrested or he's and and so and that episode, you know, Jillian Jacobs calls him and tells him that she's been proposed to and is getting remarried. Uh, and he just goes back in and keeps polishing forks. Just grinds, is grinding. Uh, you know, he, he's realizing his uh, missteps in the past and uh, coming to terms with it. But I think also, you know, people actually gave him a chance in, in that restaurant, you know, regarded as one of the best restaurants in the world. And um, I think he appreciated that chance and he wanted to show people that he could actually do it. Oh my God, dude, him waking up by himself at 545 oh, because yeah. he wants to be there. Um, the uh, the GM uh, who he was talking to, played
played by Rene Goubet. Uh, I don't know if that's how you say that name, but it's a very fun <laughs> word to say. Um, who was telling him like this is Super Bowl every night here, dude? Like, yeah, you you just that's gotta come great, correct. That's great. I love that. It's Super Bowl every night. That's a great Sarah Ramos as Jessica, uh, uh, the person running the kitchen, is so so good. Everyone's being very nice to Richie, and then out of nowhere, he walks into the back and Olivia Coleman is Chef Terry and their conversation is so good. Oh yeah, yeah. Like oh. th- that is out of all the the episodes of television of this year, my favorite two episodes are uh, but prior to watching the bear were absolutely succession episodes, mm. uh the finale and Connor's wedding. I think Forks, I I don't know if it's better, but it's my favorite episode of television this year. It's one of my favorite television episodes of all time. Yeah, I think yeah. it was it was so stellar and out of nowhere good and cements uh, Eben Moss back rack him playing Richie as one of the best characters on television right now and one of the best actors working today. Yeah, and his uh, scene where he took over for Sydney in the final episode and killed it, dude. And killing it, but finally getting to drive the ship and he just killed it because he watched the girl at the other restaurant. um, He asked questions. Asked questions, uh, paid attention to the details we find out he's incredibly good with people he's a people person and they kept hinting at that all season but they never gave him a chance to show it and they finally did and oh it it was so rewarding at the end as he screams taylor swift like (laughs) i I, i've never been rooting for somebody more in my entire life yeah yeah and um i'm just curious to see how it's going to go after that explosive fight with carmy he's doing so well but Army is locked in the fridge. Uh, a, a metaphor, perhaps. Yeah, for uh, being locked in his own goddamn brain. Yeah, and not ever getting out of his own way and yeah. not being able to uh, juggle parts of his life and, and at all, right? And Care Bear is, is not happy with him because mm-hmm. of the words that he said. Uh, her actress, also so good. Uh, and this family is just constantly falling apart but succeeding slowly but Shirley, which is just a really interesting dynamic to watch. And then also we can talk about uh, the Bolognese episode where uh, the the crew is awaiting a, a do or die fire suppression test. Oh, yes. That's a that good is, one, too. That's weird for me. You know, um, that makes because, sense <laughs> because I I run a business that does fire suppression tests on hood systems. So like them learning that again, you know, the term that I, I don't think I'm going to repeat here uh, as to what John Barenthal's character was trying to do, but basically burn down the restaurant using <laughs> <laughs> uh, just making the fire suppression bad and hoping that the 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 building burns down. Uh, so that was weird for me to watch from that perspective. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think of it that way. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, this is a little too close to work for me, but that's okay. <laughs> Uh, you have some insight. <laughs> I do have some insight. Yeah. You, those things have to work or you could burn down any place ever. <laughs> but yeah, that last episode, um, friends and family night at the bear, uh, them trying to get a Michelin star. Uh, the moment where Sydney walks by a restaurant where she was asking questions oh. and 
and and working a little bit. A really good restaurant that is now closed. Yeah. Like just reminding us, the audience, that it doesn't matter how good a restaurant is. It's a business with incredibly low margins and they fail they at a rate that is exponential. Yeah, that, that was sad because they showed a, a little flash of the, the woman from earlier in the season yep. uh, and she was so on it and that restaurant was so top notch and to see that was really heartbreaking. I'm sure, you know, her character's like, oh shit, you know, is, is this just going to be where all of our hard work goes, this fucking Right, we sign. could succeed 100% and still fail. Oh yeah, yeah. And let's just talk for a second about how absolutely fucking baller that restaurant looks after their renovation. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) I want to go to that restaurant, please. I want it. Where'd they film it? (laughs) I don't know. I want to go to a very nice restaurant and spend a million dollars is what this show has made me want to (laughs) do. Yeah, right. You know, I'm 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 happy that my uh, my girlfriend is very intense on like these really excellent food experiences and foodie she, baby. Yeah, she's a foodie by all means, and not just like good food. You know, food that's presented well. It's an experience when you go there. Yeah, you know, we've talked an about experience. Yeah, people don't talk about enough this. about the experience. Well, we sure as heck did. Well, we talk about it all the time because we, like we want to go to the French Laundry. We talked yes, about dude. This. God, I want to go to the French Laundry. But, so gosh dang bad. Before meeting my girlfriend, I didn't know that that literally was like in her like three year plan. And yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. yes, take me with you. <laughs> yes. I was in Yauntville, California. I was standing in front of it and I was like, I will be eating here one day. I swear to God. I swear to God, I will dump my savings into this place. <laughs> Let's talk about Christopher Storer for a second. The sure. uh, the main writer and director and showrunner of the series. Uh, a complete success. Mm. A lot of people are watching it. Uh, You know, Yes Chef is sweeping the nation and... Huge buzz. Huge buzz, guys. And I I hope they just know what they have and they just keep pumping out these seasons as long as they are good. Because, again, the last episode is very open-ended. Like, Richie is succeeding at the highest level and then calls Carmi his mom. And uh, and Carmi (sighs) does not like that. He's not a fan. And they say a lot of very mean things oh, to each other. Yeah, that was that was pretty bad. But at the end of that fight, though, you know, Carmi's freaking out because he's still obviously trapped in the fridge. But Richie is getting him riled up. Uh, Richie just keeps um, reiterating that he loves him. I love you. Carmi says, you would be nothing without me. Richie, I love you. Cousin, I love you. And he just keeps saying it, just cementing that, uh, you know, he is grateful probably for what Carmi has done for him over the past course, yeah. two seasons and it's just Carmi is so um, blind so he's like seeing red in this moment and it's really yeah. unfortunate that he's saying all these terrible things and um, yeah it just gets blown out but I hope they resolve it in another season uh, but I'm excited to see what they do with it I really really am from there uh, a line that I keep thinking about is when he says when did we start buying Heinz ketchup oh yes that's right yeah like those little moments of he's letting 
things fall through the cracks and he knows that the this restaurant will live or die with his uh sheer effort and he's not giving as much as he needs to Mm -hmm. Uh, this, the first season of The Bear was very much more about Carmi than the second season was. Like, the first season of The Bear was, was, it it was leading up to that moment where Carmi is in AA and does that monologue that Mm -hmm. wins him awards, right? Yeah, for sure. And the second season really opens it up more into an ensemble cast where everybody, especially Sydney, uh, less Sydney, but more Richie matters just as much as Carmi does. But at the same time, this show, I'm not even going to say, I was going to say like, I was going to say the show lives or dies with Carmi's eventual redemption, but that's really not true. It's Mm-mm. it's more so like his redemption does need to happen. He needs to be a full on human being and understand uh, the world around him does not revolve around him only. And that, but like to be the best in the world, I assume this will happen at some point. Like he'll do a long monologue about turns out being the best in the world is just about family. He could have learned uh, this from Fast and the Furious. It's about family. Family. Vin Diesel. Yeah, Vin Diesel pops in. Did you say family? <laughs> right. Like I, I assume the end of this uh, show, however many seasons it goes, is Richie and Sydney not working there anymore. Mm. and him passing it on to Tina and Marcus and Sugar to run and Carmi going off and maybe becoming like uh, Anthony Bourdain-esque where he's more of a TV star than he is uh, a chef. And But Richie goes and works at the best kitchens in the world because he has earned it and he can yeah. do so, as does Sydney. Like, I feel like that is where it's going, but that's a hun- like 50% of me thinks that. And the other 50% of me thinks this show ends with Carmi burning the world to the ground. Oh, God, I really hope not. But I mean, honestly, that would make it kind of interesting now that I think about it. (laughs) Right. I'm saying and that 50-50 split is why this show is so good, because both things are incredibly viable. Yeah. And, and, you know, the ultimate ending would be if if he meets the same fate as his brother, you know, consumed by this business. Oh, shoot. That would be devastating. But like, I could see it happen. I don't want it, though. Neither do I. (laughs) That'd That'd be bad. And I don't want it. That would be bad, but I, you know what? I, I think it depends on how they set it up if that actually works or not. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I this show. I already said it. This show is really great. Yeah, uh, I understand the barrier to entry uh, and how everyone's yelling and uh, it's anxiety ridden, and some people just don't want that after a long day at work to sit down and then watch people be at work and mad <laughs> each other. Yeah, right. I get it. Um, but I, I also think, and you know, we were also making fun of this show. A little bit last episode because of the whole like Chicago is a character kind of thing. Yeah. But at the same which is still very funny. Every time oh. it does like a montage over the city, I'm like eh. oh <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> yeah, but also I think it's cool that Christopher Storr is taking risks, right? Like to do an entire Marcus episode in Copenhagen uh, with a few flashbacks here or there, to do an entire episode with Richie uh, and a few flashbacks here or there as well. Uh, those are risks. Those are bold maneuvers. 
uh, and down a, it's going down a path where he's saying, listen, Carmi's not the main character anymore. No. Uh, he is part mm-hmm. of an ensemble cast. Yes, he is one or number one on the call sheet. And yes, his ending is what will affect the ending of this show the most. But we're also hopefully having you here for the other people who are surrounding him and their success is equal, if not more important than Carmi's. Absolutely. And after all, the show is called The Bear and The Bear is not Carmi. The Bear no, is the, the restaurant. restaurant, baby. Yeah. And and The Bear is the Barrazzo family. And they, they you know, they and call their each cousins. other Bear. And, and their cousins and their family and their people, their friends. Everyone is The Bear. And um, all we want is The Bear to succeed. That's correct. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Now let's talk about how bingeable shows are hard for podcasts. Yeah. So we were talking about this pre-recording and, you know, I love a bingeable, bingeable show like let me watch everything all at once please that would be amazing that's how i watched breaking bad it was amazing however um yeah it's bad for podcasting (laughs) it's really it's really bad for podcasting man (laughs) like we were gonna do two shows at once we were gonna do this and secret invasion but turns out secret invasion is hot garbage so i just didn't want (laughs) to one watch it or two do a podcast about it yeah So uh, I I just wish that this uh, The Bear Show uh, version of the podcast could have been like 10 episodes long and over 10 weeks and looking forward to them. You know, back in the day when Netflix started releasing shows that were bingeable and it was a new thing, it was amazing, right? Mm. Like the fact that you could just sit and watch it all in one block of time was awesome. But I think I'm sort of done with it. Like I, yeah, I, I enjoyed and maybe it's only because we make a podcast about television shows and <laughs> uh, and it's a little bit I'm 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 biased is what I'm saying. Oh, uh, same. But, you know, it's funny the the shows that I enjoyed binge watching on Netflix when they came out were shows that actually were week to week episodes. It's just that, you know, I got behind and I wanted to catch up all at once. Like that's the kind of binging I like. If it's a new show, I would prefer the week to week release, especially because we do this podcast. Right. And uh, I mean, listen, stay tuned. Okay. We're going to be doing Bants for the next few weeks, uh, talking about our favorite episodes of television that is back there. Uh, Talking about about TV and movies and media. Uh, We're going to be here every week, no matter what. Uh, But at the moment, the next show that we're going to talk about is a little bit up in the air because you and I had a conversation before this started where we were like, what are we going to do today? Are we just going to talk about the first half of the show? And I was like, well, did you watch it? And you were like, yeah. And I was like, well, me too. So let's just talk about the show. I don't like it is what it is. We're talking about the entirety of the bear uh, because it'd be weird to have watched the finale and and not weirdly get into it yeah and, and it was hard you know i had watched a couple episodes ahead of you when we did the first se- first episode of this season and I, it was hard not to try and bring something up that comes up down the road because it drastically changed things and uh yeah so I, i'm with you man i want the week to week um what's the next show do we have a show no not Wonderful. really <laughs> if you want to let us know or go vote for the next show you can join our discord by also joining our patreon at patreon.com slash H-B-O-B-O-I-Z. It's a dollar a month and you get all those things. Podcasts that we make uh, prior to them coming out on the main channel. Plus, again, joining the Discord Discord and getting to talk to us uh, all day or day and letting us know <laughs> what you'd like us to watch. And then us probably being like, I don't really want to watch that. Um, 
<laughs> what, what great reactions. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm about to start watching The Witcher season three. Oh, yes. But I don't know. Uh, maybe if, if I watch it the first episode and it's still very good, I might bring it up again. Uh, it's just very sad knowing that this is Henry Cavill's last season and and what they're doing with that whole thing. Um, yeah. You know, it's this is a it's a tough time for premiere television, right? Like we're living in a post Game of Thrones era where the House of the Dragon is on HBO and they're also going to make another Game of Thrones show, which, by the way, I want to watch all of them and we're going to talk about all of them. But that level of money and that level of storytelling is now being applied and every other show is being put up against it. So it's hard because you're not going to make a show that's going to has a good chance of falling through the cracks. Yeah. And and there are other shows that I watch that are one offs or, um, you know, a bingeable season of something, but it's not like a character development type show. It's shows like Clarkson's Farm or The Grand Tour. (laughs) Or Taskmaster. Taskmaster is is my favorite vibe at the moment. In fact, it was on my list of uh, underrated TV shows. We just recorded our top five underrated TV shows of all time. And it was on my list of 18 that I then had to uh, (laughs) parse down. Taskmaster was there because I think it's one of the best shows on television that just Americans aren't watching very often. But yeah, I mean, there's a whole bucket of them, those shows. Yeah. And and I would love to talk about the Grand Tour, Clarkson's Farm or shows like that. But it, it I just don't think it makes good podcasting for shows like that. There's nothing really you just highlight and recover what happened during the episode. But like shows like this, what could happen? Character development, things like that. It's a lot more to it. And, you know, there is other th- stuff that I watch, though. <laughs> sure, sure. But I think it's important that uh, we talk about also like what the audience wants to hear, which is, again, why you can tweet at us. We're also on TikTok uh, and Adam posts a bunch up there, which is really nice of him. And then again, uh, in the Discord, which is a dollar a month at patreon.com slash H-B-O-B-O-I-Z. Yes, and uh, follow our TikTok at the H-B-O-B-O-I-Z. Uh, again, post, uh, try and post at least weekly on there. I know it's definitely not enough for the algo, but it's fine. Uh, we'd like to thank our patrons, Sunshine, Connor O'Dowd, Jamie Lochner, James Watch My Dong, Chris Wood, Brent Ginn, Craig, John Jewers, Major Woody, and Carol Andreas. And if you'd like to add some more money to that pool, I will read your name at the end of the episode, and it will be very wonderful and very fun. Twisted Metal is coming out in, uh, for Peacock in July 27th. That's it's gonna, right. It's what's going to make me get a Peacock subscription, so maybe it's that. It's probably going to be terrible, but I really want to watch it. Yeah, I'm going to give the first episode a try for sure. Like, that game was prolific in my in my childhood. It, yeah. It, oh, man. I loved Twisted Metal. It was so good. Oh, I mean, the, the little uh, preview, it gave me some high hopes, but also gave me some pretty low hopes. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Fallout game needs to come or not game show needs to come out soon. Yeah. And, and that's another one that I think it's going to be fucking awful. But oh, I think it's going to be bad. Yeah. The set looked so good. It looked so good. Yeah. I think it's going to be terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs>